Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one, spoiler free. I'm Jason, and I am not Salesman of the Year. And I am Harrison, and I am four dead women in a closet. Jason, can you tell me what we're watching today? We're watching season two, episode 11, Ted. This is the one where John Ritter shows up and starts making out with Buffy's mom, mm. and Buffy's not too cool with it. No. Uh, Ted was written by David Greenwald and Joss Whedon, and was directed by Bruce Seth Green, and originally aired on December 8th, 1997. Not to be confused with that other Seth Green. Nope. Doppelganger, but not really. <laughs> Doppelnamer? Booze <laughs> and Buffy! All right, Jason, what are you drinking today? Uh, I am drinking a Manhattan, mm-hmm. so graciously prepared by you. Yes, while well, I forced you to hang blankets on my walls. Yeah, that's what we do here. <laughs> um, so this is the Manhattan we've drunk several times on the podcast. It's uh, Old Forester Rye and then Vermouth and some uh, Aztec chocolate bitters. This is a recipe that John's, uh, John's uncle like created. And it's really I good. love vermouth. Give that in my vermouth. Ew. All right. <laughs> well, uh, give us give us a toast, Jason. <laughs> nice segue. Um, here's to delightful drinks and delightful appearances by John Ritter in the shows that we love. John Ritter. R.I.P. John Ritter. Love you, man. Ooh. Oh yeah, that definitely tastes like Manhattan. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna make. Actually, it's really good. Ooh, I put a lot of chocolate bitters in mine on accident. Like, more than I meant to. <laughs> on accident. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, ooh, that tastes like chocolate and bitter. Uh, <laughs> Good thing you got your money's worth on that one. Yeah. So, before we dive in, I know we typically wait till the end of the episode to discuss our feelings about it. But I feel like this is a weird episode. Oh my gosh, I was thinking the same thing. Like, you know, there's some weird episodes of Buffy... But then there are some ones that are like this, and you're like, whoa, dude. Yeah. So what are, what's your general takeaway before we get into our, our deep dive? Um, like I mentioned while we were watching the episode, I was, I forgot. Like, I haven't seen this episode since I did my original watch through of Buffy in uh, two, 2010, I want to say. And I forgot that it got pretty dark in the middle like super dark yeah it definitely does and i really like that part and i think it kind of um i i think the robot reveal kind of undoes the darkness it's like they skirt that line and they're like oh but we can't really have buffy kill a person so there's yeah it definitely and, um, feels like a walk back what, what is interesting, and I'll bring this up when we get to the point in the episode, but like that part with like uh, Buffy killing a person, it's like, you know, this is something that, because I feel like there are other dramas, primetime dramas, that like did the whole like, oh, a character is responsible for another character's death, and that's mm-hmm. like an out of the ordinary thing. Um, but like uh, in Buffy, it works, whereas it feels like almost heavy handed a lot. Like, I think. Uh, one one show that I think of uh, off the top of my head is Seventh Heaven, where they had. I like, was just okay. thinking of Seventh All Heaven. Right, oh my it. god! I I was gonna use that example after you finished your. All point. right, 
<laughs> Sir, I when took that from you. Simon, like, kills for someone in, like, a car accident, right? Yeah. And then, like, it, 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 it feels... I only watched a little bit of that, but it felt so heavy-handed. And uh, But I feel like, you know, in Buffy, this is a storyline that could work. Um, and I feel like it could only work in Buffy. Kind of mm-hmm. like how um, in the latest season of Doctor Who... Like, uh, they did an episode where the Doctor was accused of being a witch, and that's something that really only has, like, Mm -hmm. an effect with Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. Yeah, I agree up to a point. I I don't think Buffy's, like, the only show where that could work, but but I think it works better on a show like Buffy, where part of, you know, violence is an inherent part of the series. Um, So I think um, your, uh, your superhero shows... Um, uh, I don't remember if Jessica Jones ever did this, but I feel like Jessica Jones could have, I mean, well, it did. Her murder was, spoiler alert, a little more, uh, on purpose. Yeah. Um, no, actually though, the, her, mur- when she killed Luke Cage's wife in her, like, backstory, um. Was that in season one or season two? Season okay. one. Okay. It was like. I've only seen season one. Um, it was one of the things, like. Kilgrave made her do while she was under his yeah, control. Yeah, I remember that now. So a little, I mean, not, they're not equivalent, but, you know. Yeah. But that, yeah, that type of show where uh, violence is inherent in the premise, it makes it not easier to swallow, but um, doesn't upend the whole, like, the whole show. Um, which I, I will say... As much as I do think the robot reveal does take away from some of that, I'm. I feel like having her actually have killed a person at at this stage in the show just puts a pall over everything. It allows the um. It allows the show to return back to the status quo more or less at the end of the right at the end of the episode, and like very light spoiler alert, but there's like going to be so much more crazy shit that happens in this season that. It would have felt odd. It would have felt weird to have that cloud over what's coming. But um, this this does come up though later in the series, and it's well definitely a lot to say. It's a much bigger thing then. Yeah. Um, And and so I definitely having future knowledge of what happens. I'm like, okay, I am fine with the fact that they do walk it back. But on just the just viewing this episode in a bubble, it feels. Yeah, it feels like it makes okay. for a very awkward thing. It's like, oh, hey, here's this super dark thing that's kind of bookended by, you know, business as usual. Yeah, here's a robot. <laughs> um, Robots are so great on this show. Um, I will say, I think the robot here is uh, generally much better than the last time we had to deal with a fucking robot on this show. <laughs> um, so, all right. So with with our feelings out of the way. Why don't we? Why don't we get started? Um, this this episode begins kind of with a bit of a just a rehash of where we've been. Buffy, Xander, and Willow are walking uh, to Buffy's house. We um, they're basically a, talking about like how mellow they've been because to them they think Spike and Drusilla are gone, right? Um, and the Order of Taraka has been take like called off, so. Things are pretty chill in Sunnydale right yeah. now. Just, you know, your regular run-of-the-mill monsters. <laughs> uh, Just for vampires every now and again. <laughs> um, 
But they they walk into the house. Uh, Buffy's immediately suspicious because the door is unlocked. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she's hears... probably been on high alert ever since. Oh, uh, yeah, ever since like she let Angel into her house. Mm-hmm. Ever ever since she shoved uh, Seth Green into that locker a couple weeks back, and <laughs> like um, she hears some. <laughs> Uh, rustling in the kitchen. Uh-oh. A crash. A gas. <gasps> oh no! She rushes in, stakes a blazon, opens the door to find... Joyce Summers making out with John Ritter. <laughs> Whose name is Ted, but let's be honest, we're gonna call him John <laughs> we're gonna Ritter. We're gonna call him John Ritter. Because he's John Ritter. Um, great performance from John Ritter in this episode. And, and you know what's really funny is like, John Ritter has the um, demeanor of a... Well, honestly, you look at like some of his later work, like he was JD's dad on Scrubs, mm-hmm. and of course, Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter, not to mention uh, throwing it back to Three's Company. Right. He's always been like the kind of like, you know, chill guy, and um, it makes for great dad material. Um, so <laughs> I actually think it's kind of funny that... Joss Whedon and um, who else wrote this? David Greenwald. Mm-hmm. How they almost kind of use that against and against his typecast. Oh, absolutely! It's it's fantastic. You know, yeah, we're so used to John Ritter. Or, I mean, were of course he sadly passed. Um, used to him as yeah, that nice guy, like chill bro dude, and. Um, and definitely later in his career, like, the good father. Yeah. So, to see him here, uh, really violent, um, and scary. Like, the scene at the end where he's, uh, with Joyce is terrifying. Yeah. Um, Christine Sutherland, I mean, both of the, both of them in that scene, like, um, what, what, what's that fucking line he says where he's, she's like, oh, uh, I, I better go pack. And he's it's like, like, don't worry, I already have all your clothes. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I, Joyce, get out. <laughs> go get your daughter and run. <laughs> Except you don't need to get your daughter. She'll be okay. I mean, obviously, Joyce is a good mother. She would never leave her daughter behind, but. And like, honestly, one of the, um, I think like one of the, uh, this is a really good Joyce episode mm-hmm. because she, um, up to this point, like you've seen her, um, you know, she's suspicious of what Buffy does sometimes of like the boys that she brings over, excuse me, the boy that she brings over. Yeah. Um, but she also, she's always been like, uh, you know, right there for her daughter. Mm-hmm. She, she like always supports Buffy. And this is kind of one of the first times where you see that support kind of taken away mm-hmm. but it, but you also there comes a point when Joyce like snaps out of it and she's like no it's like all about my daughter yeah like even when it looks like Buffy has killed Ted who is a normal person the first thing that then mm-hmm. that she does is lie to the police she was straight up going to lie to the police yeah. for Buffy like fuck yeah yeah no like and it's <laughs> It's crazy, like the the roller coaster that the tone of this episode yeah. has. Like Joyce is right on that thing. She is in the front car. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it 
the episode, it's easy to forget, I think, that Joyce is drugged for a lot of this episode. Yeah. Like, you know, it does seem like maybe Joyce is acting a little out of character because she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first, maybe it just seems like, oh, new boyfriend. Um, but uh, the fact that we learn, yeah, she's being being drugged by this man, which, the, you know, that too is... yeah. Um, a lot of a uh, lot of disturbing themes in this mm-hmm. episode. Oh yes, I really think um, it's it's interesting too to see how close that Buffy could have come to like falling under the spell too, because um, she doesn't eat anything Ted gives her throughout the entire episode. Yeah, um, Xander sure does though. Uh, I, I guess to continue from my last episode, <laughs> what a Chad! I mean, Xander is such a Chad; it's ridiculous. I guess we can give him a pass because he too was drugged. So Joyce introduces. I don't give him that much of a pass though, because he went all in on those cookies. He did. Oh my god, the pizza bagels. Oh my god. That being said, I think I'm going to like try that recipe because <laughs> it sounds really good. Like bake a pizza, bake a mini pizza, and then like fry it. Like, ooh. Cast iron. Gotta be cast iron. I, I can give myself a cast iron skillet. You don't have a cast iron skillet? I don't. You need to invest in a cast iron skillet. I'll ask for one for Christmas. And ideally you should get one that was your grandmother's, but you know, if not, store bought is fine. <laughs> My grandparents had several children, so I'm sure one of them is holding on to uh, a grandparent passed down cast iron skillet. Very fun. A cast off cast iron. <laughs> um, so, Joyce introduces the gang to Ted, John Ritter. Mm-hmm. He's a salesman. Uh, apparently, he and Joyce have been seeing each other for quite a while. Um, so, Joyce has been not been in the last several episodes. Um since at least pre-Halloween. And I have been joking that Joyce went to a Halloween party that got real wild, has been doing belly shots <laughs> since Halloween off at some weird party at her gallery. And uh, I'm going to continue with that. She's been doing those jello shots with Ted at the gallery for the oh, last yeah. several weeks since Get Halloween. Uh, Joyce, Joyce Summers, queen of the jello shots, or the belly shots, that are also jello. <laughs> <laughs> Belly jello shots. Bello shots. <laughs> yep. Um, with that. <laughs> they, um, Buffy is immediately uneasy about, uh, around Ted, but everyone else takes to him pretty quickly. Everyone so, else being Xander and Willow. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to, so... I hope this doesn't like hit too close to a chord, but I know you're also like a child of, of a broken di- home of divorce. Um, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that, um, but like uh, I guess like with both, if you're comfortable talking yeah, sure. about it with um, with both your parents uh, now with uh, different partners, mm-hmm. um, what would you say that you relate to that? Um, no. Uh, I, I do think it is relatable. Um, my situation and Buffy's situation are very different, though. Um, my parents got divorced when I was two, and okay. were both remarried by the time I was five. Gotcha. So, for me, 
that's just like been I don't remember my parents ever being together oh. I don't really remember them meeting like I remember them getting married but that, those are some of my earliest earliest memories I don't have really a lot of memories of them without their current partners um Buffy's parents got divorced relatively recently um so it's yeah it, it's definitely I mean I certainly have divorce dynamics that I dealt with growing yeah. up but um very different ones than the ones gotcha. that we see Buffy handle but I do think you know if we continue these um the metaphor that we're always going with of um, you know, something that a high school student might deal with with a supernatural element, I guess in this case probably more of a sci-fi element. Um, you know, it's pretty obvious what they're going for is mm-hmm. the uh, uh, child of divorced parents' new partner. <coughs> um, and I think, uh, you know, it reads real to me, mm-hmm. even though I can't relate Okay. Specifically. Um, but... Well, sorry to bring your stuff into this. <laughs> oh, it's cool. I'm, listen, I'll talk. I I have shared so much on this, this podcast. Is, uh, um, Here's so many more sharings. Yes. The only... Um, so actually, I did cut from last week's episode one thing we talked about because I was like, ooh, maybe I did go way past the line of good taste. Um, it was our... Uh, the second half of our Skittles discussion. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll just leave that as a tantalizing clue for the audience. Um, like, uh, if we ever release deleted scenes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Buffy just really does not take to her mom's new boyfriend. Um, and this uh, cuts to... A great scene where she is fighting a vampire. It's like, no, no, I'm, I'm totally cool with it. Bat, bat, bat. Oh my god. She is going to town on this vampire. Not well, I'm like a garbage can lid, yeah. isn't she? Yeah. Um, which I was like, Buffy, you should get a shield. Like, <laughs> just for everyday use. Be like, Captain America. Um, just, it seems practical to me. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Buffy should also wear more turtlenecks. <laughs> um, I feel like she does later on in the series. Oh, she definitely does. Um, but right now, she's like, I, she's got her all of her tank tops. So I'm just like, I'm like, listen, wear what you want, but you are just asking to be bitten. Um, Ooh. <laughs> oh, we tr- we're treading on some bad ground right there. <laughs> um, there's a great moment of comedy in this scene where Giles. Um, fails to get Buffy to... <laughs> I think it's like, staking time now, Buffy. She does not listen, and he just sits. He just sits on a <laughs> yeah. bench, like, alright, like... He's <laughs> 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 like, uh, alright. She's clearly working through some stuff, yeah. and I'm gonna let her do it. Um, she kills the vampire. Um, she's talking to Giles. She... Vampires. They just, you know, first they're just like patrolling everywhere. They're so creepy. And then, then soon they're coming into your home, baking cookies and pizzas. <laughs> just as uh, Buffy, I think the uh, subtext is rapidly becoming the text. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite lines of the, of the entire show. Um, and one that uh, uh, Grace and I quote to each other constantly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Later on that night, 
she um, she's at Angel's house, Angel's apartment, mm-hmm. uh, wrapping up some wounds for him. And you well, know, like he just had like the dagger through his hand in the last true. episode. But you know how I feel about a sexy like wound cleaning scene. God, man, you must be all about the English patient. Uh, I've never actually seen that movie, but I thought I would be. It's not too bad. If I had to describe that movie, I'd say it's needlessly epic. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. It's it's not bad. There's it's just, just like, did it really have to be on that scale? There are just There's just something about two attractive people, one of whom has a lot of injuries, and preferably not wearing a shirt, and the other person tending to those wounds. And was, that, like, was this, Angel wearing a shirt in this scene? He was wearing a shirt okay, in this like, scene. Yeah, I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like we would have made another comment about his nips. <laughs> no, he, he was wearing a shirt in this scene, uh, but it was a it was a it was a white tank. Uh-huh. Um, so, and there are just lots of sexy wound cleaning scenes throughout the show. Um, yeah, it's just something that always gets me. I remember when um, uh, years have been years ago when I went and saw. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man with uh, Chelsea. Oh, I hate that movie. I, it's not great, <laughs> but there's the scene where Gwen Stacy is like patching his wounds up, and I was like, I was sitting there, I was like whispering to Chelsea, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like clean those wounds, Gwen Stacy. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Probably better chemistry in that scene than in the entire second movie. <laughs> yes. Um. So, um. Buffy will not stop take talking about Ted. TikToking, TikTok, goddamn you! <laughs> um, won't stop talking about Ted. And what is she? Um, she says like it's always Ted this, Ted that. Well, I don't really want to hear about Ted. And, and then Angel's just like, "So are you gonna talk about something else?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, Angel's got one scene in this episode, and he gotta make a count. He really makes a count. Um, and he. He, he has some kind words for her. He reminds her that, you know, she's a single lady. You know, she can't live her entire life just doing belly shots at the gallery. <laughs> yeah, um, Angel does make a... Um, and, you know, I don't know if the, sub, if the subtext is intended there, but, like, oh, loneliness can be really tough. And, like... I think it's definitely... All better. right, okay. I, <laughs> yeah, and, like, uh, that kind of... Um, not to like spoil anything, but like loneliness is a big part of Angel's life, mm-hmm. both um, before this point, up to this point, and after. Are you sitting here telling me that on a Joss Whedon show, there might be some sadness? You know, and some, some of the listeners, some of the <laughs> listeners might not be familiar with that yet. They'll definitely be familiar by the end of this season. <laughs> um, you'll learn how Joss Whedon can take your heart and rip it out. Yes. And we love him for it. Um, some days. <laughs> um, so piggybacking on that loneliness theme though, the next scene is with Jenny and Childs. Uh, excuse me. Don't forget about, uh, Buffy and Angel then proceed to make out. Yes. Yeah. Right after talking about um, her mom's <laughs> sex life. Yeah. Listen, she's a teenager. She has limited time she gets to spend with her boyfriend. You are going to make out. I made out in some weird places and some weird contexts when I was a teenager. The weirdest of which was in a Korean Presbyterian church parking lot. 
That is super specific. Yeah. It was near my boyfriend's house. And, like, we couldn't go to his house to make out because his parents were there. We couldn't go to my house to make this out. This wouldn't happen to be, like, the one that's close to Blue Lake, is it? Because I feel like there's a Korean Presbyterian church around there, too. No, it's um, in St. Matthew's. Okay. There are a lot of Korean churches in this city now that I think yeah. about it. Of course, we actually, I think there's a high Korean population because, I mean... Yeah. Um... I know, like, um, through Taekwondo, like, I, um... I forget that you do Taekwondo. <laughs> uh, I did Taekwondo. Like, second-degree black belt in Taekwondo, for those of you who are interested. That's one Humble of those brag. things that I've known about you for ten years, and I always, like, forget. And well, then, like... it completely <laughs> happened all, in its entirety before I met you. True. So, uh, but yeah, like, um, like, just, a kind of, uh, the... Like my master's um, family, uh, kind of like I get, I got to know them, and then uh, got to realize just how big the Korean community mm-hmm. is. In, we have a pretty, a pretty high, generally just a pretty high immigrant community mm-hmm. in in Louisville, which is not shocking. It's a, um, you know, it's a it's a city. It's a rather large city, um, and I do think I think Louisville was one of. Um, back in like the uh, early 1900s, one of the easier places to get to from New York. Um, That is why, um, so my family is Lebanese, as you know. Yeah. And um, Louisville has a pretty high Lebanese population too. And it it really just boils down to like, people came to New York, they came through Ellis Island, then they went to a place um, and it was going to be typically a a city that was going to be um, easy to get to probably by train. And, of course, we have lots of railroads through Louisville. Oh, yes. And, um, and then other immigrants who followed would just go to those same cities because that's where their family was or that's there was already an established Lebanese community or Korean community or whatever. Immigrants, um, they get the job done. Yes. Um, this is not an episode about immigration. <laughs> I will say though, that sounds like a fact that your husband would have spouted out like uh, it at length. It absolutely is. It touches <laughs> on a lot of things he's into: trains, uh, <laughs> history, um, interrupting what you're already talking about to tell you something about trains or history. But seriously, <laughs> mostly trains. <laughs> he is all about he those is. trains. But that is actually something that that was all me. Just because of my ham- my family's history yeah. with immigration, so um, yeah. Uh, so Where'd, Buffy uh, and Angel finished making out. Yes, I was like, <laughs> how did I get here? Um, and then um, Giles goes to uh, talk to Jenny. Uh, it's been the first the time they've spoken. Of Jenny, Kevin. yeah, uh, first time they talked since uh, her possession several episodes ago. That was Giles's fault. Um, which Cordelia, uh, later in the episode gives us a reminder of, (laughs) um, (laughs) oh, and you can relate because of that time you summoned that demon and it killed that guy. (laughs) Um, uh, you know, Buffy and Cordelia, neither of them like to lead the subtext (laughs) as a sub. Um, so... Uh, he has a pretty flimsy excuse for going to talk to her. Um, she tells him she's still not, still not over what happened to her, still dealing with it, still needs space. And she 
I like this scene a lot. It's this scene is mature. powerful. And honestly, like, I feel that the later scene that she has with Giles almost kind of takes a little bit away from it, this scene. Yes. Because um, in the scene, she, she, she tells him... I mean, it, the communication is open and honest, which is nice to see. Um, she tells him what's going on in her head. She explains to him, you know, I still need space. It's difficult that you're here not giving me the space I asked for. And Giles is like, sorry about that. Um, yeah, it's a good scene. But I agree. Yeah, she's I... very much in control of that whole situation. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I unfortunately can relate uh, <laughs> because I've, I'm pretty sure I've been doling out like puppy dog eyes before as well. And, uh, and like especially recently i've like done some self-examination and i'm like you know i shouldn't like if somebody does not want to be with you you shouldn't make them feel guilty about not wanting to be with you and that is something that i feel i i'd like to say i was doing inadvertently but, like, when you put a magnifying glass on it, you're like, whoa, okay, need to change that up. Yeah, um, I had a similar experience when I was um, in in high school. Um, same boyfriend. <laughs> and, I guess getting a lot of mileage this episode. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely um, wanted space. And I said, like, yeah, I'll give you that space. And then I... Gave him that space for, like, a day. And then was like, okay, gave you space. Um, and he was like, that's not what I asked for or yeah, said. Ginny, Ginny makes a very good comment. Like, uh, like Giles says, like, oh, I get that you need time. And she says, no, space. I need space. Mm-hmm. And that is... Those are two very different things. Yeah. As, um, as Doctor Who has taught me. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I agree that it, the episode does walk it back pretty quickly. And I get it. The plot needs him together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this episode could have benefited maybe from a scene um, that was just Jenny and her perspective. Um, as much as I like Jenny as a character, she definitely exists to be Giles' girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and she contributes to the story in meaningful ways. You know, her, her skills uh, as a techno-pagan have, have been utilized and um, you know so she's not just Giles's girlfriend but she still is kind of just Giles's girlfriend um, so I think a scene just from her perspective from from this scene until the next time we actually see her in the episode could have gone a long way to justifying or, or you know save the scene that they did at the end of this episode that like sparked them getting back together mm. save that for another episode maybe yeah. I mean, I get that, like, you you miss out on a few jokes that go with this episode, but... Yeah. Um, or if they really needed her them back together this episode, this scene could have happened maybe last week. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is, you know, we can't change how the show was written, <laughs> um, but we can talk about it. Yeah. And, like, I mean, it, it does seem fairly interesting in a show that has, like, such strong female characters mm-hmm. that you would walk back, like... Well, I think it's a very important scene. But then again, that kind of goes with, like, the whole crazy tone of this episode. True. It is. Like, it's just... And it's really funny how, like, tonal shifts are what classify as weird in uh, 
yeah. in this show. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure, we had an episode about like a demon that took possession of a robot's body, but this is the weird one. Yep. I mean, also that, involving robots. I was going to say, but that one is also the weird one. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, they go mini-golfing. Um, it is uncomfortable. Also, who goes golfing with their... I guess it's weird that Xander and Willow were there. Like, <laughs> I think, um, so at this point, like, I think Ted realizes like he needs to get everybody to like him that's true and the first time he sees buffy um does he like me yeah he meets meets xander and willow so i think like he wants to ingratiate himself to buffy at first that's fair and uh and that's a good way way of doing it yeah best way to do is like oh if your friends like me then they can probably like put in good words for me yeah i think it's also you know they're series regulars so they get to have lots of screen time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, Xander and Willow do spend a lot of time with the Summers women, um, just in general. So. Also, um, it shows, it goes a long way to show, like, the whole drugging, brainwashing effect. How, like, it's not just Joyce. Yeah. Um, they, Buffy very awkwardly talks about how... Uh, or Joyce talks awkwardly about how Buffy's grades suck and she gets in trouble at school and Buffy's like... But, you know, Ted's the first one to bring that That's up. That's true. Ted brings that up and it almost comes, like, completely out of left field. He's like, oh, up to this point, he's been, like, a pretty nice guy. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, yeah, and I hope that, like, your grade, like, hopefully your grades will start to improve. It's, and you're like, It's sparked <laughs> by um, Willow's slip of the tongue where she almost... Uh, she's Angel's she's talking fo- about Angel. Yeah, she's focused on studying. Uh, and yeah, that's when Ted's like, "Oh, well, then I hope your grades get better." And she's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, no, like, that is like that is like the first like whiplash, what over the line comment. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like you know, yes, I'm sure that Joyce would, even if this guy wasn't an evil robot her daughter's school behavior and grades might come up in conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, she's stressed about it. She needs to talk about it. That doesn't mean that he should just bring it up in the middle of mini-golf in front and of then her like, friend. The, and then, like, the worst thing... The worst thing is that Joyce nonchalantly says, like, oh, yeah, I, I, I brought it up. Yeah. I also kind of agree. Like, those are some good points. And... That is the sign of an abusive relationship. Oh, it absolutely like, is. That is, in like our charity at the end, kind of like alludes to like mm-hmm. one of the big central themes of that. But yeah, like you between like all the crazy robot stuff, you might think that like I think that might get lost. It's like oh yeah, well it's just like this crazy robot that brainwashed Joyce. We're like um, look at the big picture here. This yeah. is a abusive relationship. It's super abusive. There's, you know, and all the time, the gaslighting, the, um, you know, the fact that he is um, verbally and physically abusive to, to Buffy when everyone's out of sight. Yes. Um, which is what happens next. Buffy cheats, uh, Ted catches her, and he threatens to slap her. Um, and, and, you know, like, I want to make this comment. I... I never picked up on that theme when I was originally watching the show, because mm-hmm. um, I was 
I was very less woke than I am now. <laughs> but like going through so many life experiences mm-hmm. since like in almost probably 10 years since I've watched this episode, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much here that I missed before. Yeah, I was, you know, I was 17, 18 when I first started, when I first watched the show, and I definitely missed it too. I I just didn't have that, um, you know, I understood that abusive relationships existed. I understood that domestic abuse existed, but I didn't understand the nuances of it. And, and I really was, you know, I was not putting it into context. I was going, oh, well, he's a robot, so it's not domestic abuse because he was just a monster. And I'm older now. I understand it a lot more. It's and fair. I see the signs. And, and the, some of the stuff that when I was younger, I was like, oh, it's really, it was really only bad when he hit her. And now I'm older and I understand things more. I'm like, oh, no, it was bad from the time he drugged her like um yeah and i do i do think while all that stuff is there the episode doesn't really take the time to explore that um as much as it could i think um and i think yeah making him a robot is part of that reason you we lose some of that nuance right um and also just 40 minutes like yeah sometimes you just don't have a lot of time um but that you know that goes back to maybe some of the Giles and Jenny stuff could have been moved around even though Mm -hmm. I guess it is thematically relevant with loneliness um what's that song it's like uh, is it Britney Spears or my loneliness is killing me? Yeah. My um, loneliness <laughs> is killing me. There we go. I was like, I, I was like, I can't confess, remember how it goes. I still believe. Still believe. I'm done. I'm going to call our lawyer, uh, see if that can go in the episode. Hey, we're not playing the music. So <laughs> I think, so unless that sounds dead up like Britney Spears, we're okay. It did. Oh my god, really? <laughs> That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. Um, so, yeah, after threatening Buffy, Ted, like, snaps back when when everyone else is there, which is, you know, of course, another sign of abuse and yeah. uh, what you see in that. Um, when Buffy tells Joyce, Joyce doesn't believe her. Um, and that's that's a hard scene to watch. It is, because, like... Up to this point, like, Joyce, and, and as I alluded to this before, Joyce is kind of like, she may not agree with some of the stuff that Buffy does, but she's kind of, like, still been in Buffy's corner. This is the mm-hmm. first time you feel like there's, like, an emotional divide yeah. between Buffy and Joyce. So, the episode that makes me think of is Back in School Hard, where the whole episode, but you know, Joyce spends a lot of that episode being disappointed in Buffy, mm-hmm. um, upset with her, but then at the end... After, but that's kind of like normal mom stuff. Yeah. Um, but at the end, she, you know, after the whole incident at the school, she um, you know, she's like, okay, I'm really proud of you, Buffy. Like, yeah, we're, you, we have stuff we have to deal with, you know, behavioral issues, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, Joyce is in Buffy's corner. Mm-hmm. And to see her not in her corner sucks. Um... And yeah, she's drugged, like, but goddamn, it's, yeah. it's not fun to see, um, 
it, it is it's awful to see Joyce being gaslighted in that way and then to see Buffy lose this anchor. Yeah, um, the, like this episode is super heavy. Yeah. Um, Buffy convinces Willow to help her uh, spy on Ted. Somebody who's always in her corner, though, Willow. Like, always. Even being drugged, Willow's yeah. like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, I, I don't think she stuffed her face as much as the drug cookies as Xander did, though. No. Which makes sense. Um, she's not a pig like Xander. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like, what a chat. Oh, God. And, you know... Logic, like there is some logic there. Ted is deliberately and methodically drugging Joyce. Mm-hmm. Um, Xander's a Xander's a fucking pig. <laughs> we see that he took a bunch of these goddamn cookies and shit. So he's just constantly drugging himself. Like um, Willow's definitely compliant when he's she's in his orbit and. She has a cookie or two, or however many she has, and then she doesn't take any with her, so the effects wear off. Yeah. Um, so that that all tracks to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> at some point, stop uh, eating cookies, Sander. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember if it already happened or if yeah, it's already happened. Um, Ted does come to their school. Um, gives Willow some upgrades for her computer. And it's interesting. Oh, yeah. He gives her um, what look like like 3D printed, uh, like a, someone 3D printed the save icon in Microsoft. <laughs> oh, uh, Harrison, this... <laughs> <laughs> you are not, you are not a, uh, you are not a Gen Z. No, I am. I'm 19. That's a goddamn lie. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. All right. He gives her some fucking floppy disks. Yeah. I know what a floppy disk is. Um, yeah, that's like, so funny psych gag, at least for me in this. Like, I know that this is a, a bit of like, it's a bit of a throwaway scene, but I could not take my eyes off the fact that, like, the second row in the vending machine, mm-hmm. all the chip bags were upside down. Yeah, it's that, weird. Like, it's not the first row, not in the third row, just the second row, and I didn't like it. <laughs> Get on it, Sunnydale high vending machine person. Ugh, you know that that guy. <laughs> the is, real big bad. He is just phoning it in. Just um, join Xander in the Chad club. <laughs> <laughs> um, Willow finds out where Ted works. Um, so she... Uh, Buffy goes to his workplace, uh, tells someone her name is Ba... Linda. Linda. Ba Linda. Um, why? He doesn't know her. He doesn't know that... If somebody... But if somebody, like, he could, like, say, oh, yeah, Ted, like, this girl came around, like, asking about you, and her name is Buffy, and... Okay, How many How many girls are named Buffy? Just the one. Mm-hmm. And to each generation of Buffy is born. <laughs> um, she learns that he um, he never misses a day of work. He's never sick. Um, he's like a machine. Um, I will say there's some nice little like 
There's some nice little subtle nods, like the foreshadowing and stuff like that. But it never feels heavy-handed. It doesn't, because... One, I think the robot thing is just so out of left field. It really It's is. like, you really have to be like... Um, but, like, yeah, no, there's one line that I really like is... Um, Joyce says, um, we should have one in every home. About oh, yeah. Every home should have one in yeah. every home. Yeah, every home should have a Ted. And... Um, so, uh, but Buffy learns that Ted is getting married. Um, on his desk, there's a picture of Buff- or a picture of Joyce uh, that is actually a picture of Buffy and Joyce. But Buffy has been folded over, <laughs> and it's just Joyce in the frame. Which, damn, <laughs> god damn. <laughs> So they're having dinner with Ted that night. Yes, uh, Buffy is once again refusing to eat. Um, God, what is what does Buffy eat during like the time span of this episode? It seems like every maybe she of- has one of those upside down chip bags. It's <laughs> <laughs> like every piece of food in the Summers house is provided by Ted. Uh, what? No, actually, she says that when she yeah, goes, she's like, I don't want to eat anything that's been made by Ted. Um, so. Buffy just straight up is like, are you engaged? Um, Ted says, he's like, well, 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 little lady, uh, we're, we're not currently, but if uh, things go the way I'd like them to, I might pop the question. By the way, like, again, to emphasize the point that I made earlier, the fact, like, he keeps up, like, the, the sweet, like, oh, I'm the cool dad talk and, like, tries to call her, like, adorable or sweetheart Mm -hmm. or something like that. He says and little lady so much. He says little lady. Ugh. He says malarkey. Ugh. And like the fact that like he uses that and at this point you're like, oh, it's not cute anymore. This is fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And just good job to the writers and good job to John Ritter. Yeah. Like, oh man. Um, we didn't specify this earlier. But Buffy has a really hard time understanding that she doesn't own this house. Um, <laughs> her mother does. <laughs> Twice in the episode, she claims that, like... But first she says, like, who's this guy in my kitchen? Right? And, like, to Joyce. To Joyce. Like, okay, like, the would, actual owner of the house. I would get it if she were talking to her friends. Like, when you're talking to your friends and you're like, oh, come over to my house. You don't say, like, oh, come over to my parents' house. But... She could have said our kitchen. No, my kitchen. Yeah, and then like later she like makes a very authoritative declaration of like, this is my house. I'm like, okay, it's badass that you said it, but it's not. How 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 interesting, Buffy. Are you are you on the lease? Have you been like paying mortgage? paying part of this mortgage? So um when I was in middle school, I was like there was some kid who was like, we were talking and was like, oh, this is my house. And he was like, it's not your house, it's your parents' house. And I made up this weird fucking lie that one time my parents couldn't make the house payment. They were short by like a couple dollars. So I gave them a couple dollars to make the mortgage payment. So you have like a, a small share of the house? Yeah. <laughs> I straight up, I did. And I was like, I thought that was so smart. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what a ridiculous lie to make. You and also, do... what a weird way of being like, hey, guess what? We're poor! <laughs> <laughs> you, 
You do not like being proven wrong, though. Oh, I will my say God, that yeah. to you, and <laughs> you will go to great lengths to not be proven wrong. Oh, I, I absolutely will. <laughs> Including <laughs> lying about a stake you have in your parents' mortgage. <laughs> uh, I did a lot of weird shit when I was a kid. We all did. <laughs> um, so, Bobby is a dick to them during dinner. I think she's justified. Um, she says, after learning that they might get married... He asks, how does that make you feel? And she responds, I feel like I'd kill myself. Which, okay, Buffy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I know that, like, I know that stuff is happening to you, but, like, dial down the drama just a bit. <laughs> you are not going to make your case by saying stuff like that. Um, absolutely not. Um, he... Buffy goes to her room and, as his character and character for her, sneaks out. Mm-hmm. Um, when she comes back, he's just sitting in the dark in her room, which. No, don't do that, you weird man. Like, <laughs> it's. He's been reading her diary. And going through her shit. Like, he's got all her stakes and, and then, like, And then, this is supposed to be a smart robot, but he says, what exactly is a vampire slayer? I'm like, what do you think it is? I uh, mean, she does taxes for people. <laughs> the, like, the, the occupation is in the name. <laughs> God. You don't even need a job description. Like, you can say, like, are you saying that vampires are real? But, like, don't ask what a vampire slayer is. That's just stupid. Right. I, and, and he knows. He read the fucking diary. Like, um, he probably learned about the charming foreign exchange student, Ahmed, in there. <laughs> um. <laughs> nice throwback to my guest star episode. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So, he threatens to tell Joyce... Um, she's like, fuck off. And then he slaps her across the face, which is bad. But Buffy just smiles. That is the opening that she was waiting for. Yes, she's just like, I've been waiting for you to do that. So, kids at home, um, not the way to handle uh, an abusive relationship. Um, don't wait for them to hit you. Just leave. Mm-hmm. But uh, in our superhero show, uh, this is how things go. And so what follows is uh, Joyce comes up. And what is really important about this scene, and the choreographers got it extremely right, mm-hmm. Joyce never sees Ted hit Buffy. The second she's she's in the scene, he is passive. It is just Buffy wailing on mm-hmm. Ted. Uh, and he gets a few good hits in before... Um, before that, uh, Joyce is there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's very deliberate that he stops the second Joyce is in view. Um, Ted falls down the stairs, and Joyce feels for his pulse, and she. The first thing she says, she doesn't say he's dead. She doesn't pull a Doctor McCoy. She looks at Buffy and says, "You killed him." Oh damn. Like, and now we've gone from, like, dim to dark. Yeah. I am... I, I'm, I'm curious. I don't remember how I felt about this episode Honestly, like, I all, like, all I could think of about this episode was, like, oh, this is the episode with John Ritter. And 
That that did not have scene did not have that effect on me then. The way yeah, that, yeah. I just don't know if I knew he was a robot going in. Like there were certain things I already knew about the show. Certain things when I started watching. So I'm like, I'm trying to remember and I just can't. Like, was I shocked that Buffy had killed a guy, or was I just like, oh yeah, he's a robot? Like, whatever. I think, I think at this point, like, the uh, the show is kind of built up. Like, they haven't had stakes that high yet. Not really. Um. So I, I guess not like, since not since Prophecy Girl. I'd yeah, I, I guess if I had to like make a guess, you would have to say that. Ooh, that was bad wording. I just used guest a lot in a sentence. <laughs> um, I would say that he, uh, at this point, you just assume that there's something else to it. Yeah. Like, the... the well, the, There's always, like, at the end of the episode, everything's going to be all right. Yeah. Immediately upon finding out that this happened, her friends are like, Xander is like, well, what was he? Like... So, which I maybe the audience is that's kind of the audience surrogate is yeah, that like that was a that was a pretty that might have been when it hit home for real yeah because uh, like you've had the you've had the uh, the interrogation scene with the police mm-hmm. you had the aforementioned uh, Joyce trying to lie for Buffy and uh, hats off to Sarah Michelle Gellar as well like the scene where she just. I'm not gonna let my mom lie for me. Yeah, and also the realization, like I killed somebody. I pushed him. How yeah. did? Because it's how did he fall down the stairs? I pushed him. Yeah. Um. I think the more accurate statement would be I kicked him in the chest until he fell down <laughs> the stairs. But okay, yeah, you pushed him, Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um. Buffy, yeah. Buffy talks to the cops. She's not charged with anything, um, because she claims self defense. Mm-hmm. Um, the cop doesn't seem to believe her. She has no, um, and he shows up later, like asking questions to like her yeah. teachers and stuff like that, especially yeah. Giles. So, yeah, she hasn't been charged with anything, but it definitely feels like a she hasn't been charged with anything yet. And um, so, uh, one thing they wipe under or they sweep under the rug is uh, when Buffy shows up, like, she knows that everybody's talking about her. She knows that everybody's talking about, like, oh, God, she killed somebody. And at the end of the episode, that just kind of, like, goes to normal. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's revealed... Well, Ted does specify that someone saw him... I mean, you know, oh, consider the, your um, source. The intern. The intern saw him getting off the table. Um, so you have another... Assuming that was not a lie, you have another witness to Joyce and Buffy to say, no, he wasn't dead, which leads Credence to their, he came back, he attacked us, and then, you know, Joyce was unconscious, so Buffy could just say, you know, presumably she says, I fought him off, he fled, and that's that. But, like, that's a lot of stuff that you have to just assume. Yeah. Well, Buffy, or Joyce says at the end of the episode, she's, she's scared that he's going to come after her. Um, and Buffy's like, oh, I'm sure he's on the scrap heap of life. He wasn't a robot. Don't worry about it. Um, um but yeah. Oh, that's right. Joyce doesn't know that he's a robot. Nah, she does not. Yeah. Even though they're like, 
a couple of moments where he does like a robot thing. She's like, you know, it's so strange, Buffy. He kept, uh, he, I kept hearing like sparks and then he would <laughs> do something strange and then go back to normal. Um, but you know, I guess serial killer's gonna serial kill. So, um, that's the other kind of thing is he's a serial killer too. Like he has yeah. a, like a, like a very specific pattern. Um, so, you know, he's just a, and his name is Ted. So, uh, Ted B., you know, I think you mean the, the super hot guy that Zac Efron played. Mm. <laughs> we were John and I were at dinner one time, and we overheard this person at this table near us go, "He's hot. He's no Bundy, but." And we Boy, were like, hey. we were like, what the <laughs> fuck? Walking away from this. <laughs> Check, please. So, um, yeah. So we we'd see all this guilt out of Buffy. Um, she's in her overalls of sadness. Um, I like people it doesn't matter how attractive this cast is and this is a very attractive cast Mm -hmm. none of them pull off overalls nope none of them not a single one because no one did no one ever pulled off overalls yeah like I think even Jennifer Aniston and Friends um had like a couple of early like overall episodes in like the first two seasons of Friends I want to say um and yeah, I wouldn't even say that she pulled it off. Yep. And I love Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> they decide to do some research into Ted. Um, Giles is going to patrol in Buffy's stead. Um, also, something we didn't really mention. There was a scene earlier where Cordelia and Xander just kind of have a conversation. Just basically doesn't do a lot other than confirm that they're still hiding in closets and making out. Um, they're still on the Mac attack. <laughs> <laughs> um, Willow and Xander discovered still that going the... behind French lines. <laughs> All right. Uh, Willow and Xander discovered that the cookies are drugged. Cordelia finds out that Ted has had four wives since 1950s, uh, since the 1950s, um, <laughs> all of whom have disappeared. Um, so yeah, it seems like maybe Ted's not a good guy, and this is our first indication of that. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, while Giles is patrolling, uh, Jenny shows up, and she, she, it's a weird scene, and we talked about it when we were watching the episode, she apologizes to him, and I'm just like... Even though we just, like, (laughs) spent a lot of time talking about how, like, that first scene... She was completely in the right. Yeah, it really did not feel like she needed to apologize to him. Um, and then there's other weirdness, too, where he's, like... He apologizes to her a bunch for, like, getting her in danger for this vampire. And I'm like, but she followed you. Like, you didn't say, like, come with me into this dangerous place. Honestly, I just feel like that's a... Uh, that's kind of a relationship right there, like an early nascent stage relationship. You're just like... Oh yeah, sorry about that. I was like, oh no big deal. I mean, you know, it's totally my bad. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I shot you with a <laughs> crossbow. <laughs> Every time he's fight, I see watch the episode and he's fighting with the vampire, and she's like, she's got the crossbow and she's like just fumbling with it. I'm like, no, just put it down, honey. Just put it down. You you don't know how to use it, and that's fine. That's fine. It's not your skill set. You're gonna shoot. You shot him. You shot him. <laughs> oh. You know. Also, what. 
What is the effectiveness of the cross? Because, like, Giles holds that up when he sees Jenny, and then the vampire actually shows up. And it has almost zero effect. Like, I mean, I feel like you could at least, like, stick it on his face and burn him for just a little bit. Yeah, I mean... The Giles effect- should know this, because he's the one who's training Buffy in the right. combat. The The effect of the cross that we've seen is that they have to touch it, and it burns them. But so frequently, it's used more as, like, a deterrent. It's like, we hold it up, and, and the vampire's like, oh, and it's like, I'm gonna touch you with it! Yeah, it's kind of um, like a Bela Lugosi Dracula movie. Uh, yeah, but it really feels like, yeah, you're right, they should just smack him with it. Like, yeah. Get some actual use out of that fucking thing. Or at least, like, charge towards them to, like, back them up. Yeah. After, yeah, after that initial, like, holding it up, it... Hello, fire truck. Um... After, like, they initially hold it up, it's like, oh, is that all you're going to do? Well, then fine. Like, mm-hmm. um, they, um, so despite being shot, Giles does successfully kill the vampire. Um, they, they have a laugh together and go to the hospital. <laughs> you shot me. Let's go to the like, hospital. <laughs> um, meanwhile... Uh, uh, the other Scoobies, Sans Buffy, are investigating uh, Ted's house, which is basically just a an abandoned store. Um, Cordelia notices that the carpet does not match the decor, which not only is a stellar Cordelia um, comment, but is actually helpful. It's very helpful. And what I like, too, about that is not only is it helpful, Willow recognizes that it's helpful. Yeah. Like, I feel like earlier, like, Cordelia, like, she would have said that and they would have been like, shut up, Cordelia. But no, she says it and Willow's like, hold on. You're right. Solidarity, <laughs> sister. Like, yeah. Um, they go downstairs through the trapdoor hidden by the... Um, Oriental rug. Yeah. And it's one of those, like, attic doors, you know, where um, it's like a an attic door that reveals a ladder. Is it okay to say Oriental when describing rugs? I don't know. <laughs> like, I know it's not good for people, but does it work for rugs? I'm... I... Maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Because it's a like, part of the world. Yeah. So, let's just definitely not refer to people that way. Yeah. I apologize if I've offended any people or rugs out there. (laughs) Um, They go downstairs where they find a creepy, like, sitcom I Love Lucy living room. Definitely like a Norman Lear sort of thing going on in there. It's upsetting. Um, Willow is wearing... (laughs) Her Thanksgiving vest. <laughs> I didn't know she's been wearing it for a while. I just remembered that she's wearing it. Willow has four different outfits in this episode. They started off bad. Then um, she, her third outfit, I've remarked, is actually pretty good. Like, looked good on her. And I'm like, oh, well, her outfits get progressively better. And then she wears this fucking then thing. Then she wears this thing. This, like, argyle jacket that's, like, orange, green, yellow, and red. And it's... Like, okay, are you ready for Thanksgiving? Because it seems like you are. It's fine. She loves fall. She's <laughs> clearly in autumn. <laughs> uh, unlike Cordelia, who is both a summer and a winter. 
Um, while exploring, uh, Xander opens a closet door, immediately is like, we have to get out of here. They're like, well, no, we still have to find evidence. And he's like, I found it. And they're like, what? And it's like, his four or his first four wives. Which is interesting. Like, I feel that it's interesting that they don't show that on camera. Because I feel like they could show, like, mummified corpses or True. something like yeah, that. Yeah, what does that look like? Did he find a bunch of skeletons? Did he find mummified corpses? Did he, like, what did he find in there? Other than, obviously, four dead women. Yeah. Um, also... It just, it feels very, uh, is it Bluebeard? Who's the, the story of Bluebeard is the pirate who, like, would kill his wives. And, yeah, that's right. Um, so I, I wonder if that was an inspiration. Maybe. At, at, at any point. But honestly, like, at the, the, the weird, like, not showing it kind of, like, led to this episode's speedy conclusion, which, um, I honestly wasn't the biggest fan of because, like, the exposition on what exactly Ted was apart from a robot didn't happen until like the last scene of the episode. Yeah. And I really don't like it when shows do that. And it's easy to miss too because the beginning of the exposition about, so the exposition is that Ted was a real man. He was a genius. He was dying. I think they say of cancer. He created this robot of himself and then he died and the robot just like continued his life and uh, like he killed. programmed his love for his wife in there. Yeah, and then the wife died, and then he just kept getting the wife again. Yeah, which is creepy. That's weird. That yeah. is terrifying. So the fact that it comes in this like aside almost is yeah, it's frustrating. Um, yeah, I I agree. Um, it, it's interesting in like a uh, in a pretty decently written episode Mm -hmm. um that that comes up like that seems very like unjust whedon-y yeah i bet that was david (laughs) (laughs) throw david under the bus there um so ted's back in buffy's room um they fight again and this this is the reveal that he's a robot um she manages to cut him and we see the gears and the the wires sparks um it kind of reminds me of alien okay like with bishop um with ash uh ash is the robot in the first alien. oh yeah you're bishop right you're the, right no uh, I, bishop is the alien in the second one i take a <laughs> and you did say alien not aliens <laughs> i I, well, I acknowledge you being right on this. <laughs> and that's all I want from the podcast, so goodbye. <laughs> um, but even the way it's the reveal is um, done similarly is it in, the, in Alien, it happens while they're fighting Ash, and um, Parker hits him with a fucking fire extinguisher, and his whole goddamn head pops off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, Ash is a goddamn robot! <laughs> Y'all think? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it happens in a similar way here. Um, what are what are your feelings about robots in the Buffyverse? Without getting into too many, obviously, too many spoilers. <laughs> it uh, it almost never feels right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this might be the best robot in the Buffyverse if I had to pick one. Oh, really? Um, oh, 
With one exception. Okay. In, like, uh, <laughs> in season five slash six. Uh, but no, it always it it is very strange when because it's one of the very few times like when the uh, fantasy world of Buffy tries to go a little bit sci-fi mm-hmm. and it always feels out of place. It really feels out of place in season four uh, yeah. with the overall storyline for that. And that's all I'll say about that. Mm-hmm. But just know that. A robot is involved. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. I do think that they do, uh, uh, later in the series, they do a better job of maybe of implying that um, the Buffyverse robots, it is sci-fi, but the, like, but there's some magic involved too, which is yeah. why they can be so lifelike and mm-hmm. realistic, um, which is why I think... Uh, uh, the unnamed robot we won't discuss who um, really works for me. Um, but yeah, like, I robot you, Jane. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Ted here, it's like, it's weird. It's. And why did it have to be a robot? Why couldn't it have been revealed that Ted was some sort of demon? And I honestly think that it might have to do with, uh, oh, you have demons every episode. Let's like just throw something. Wanna do something yeah, let's different. throw something that you might not expect. Which is fair. I mean, would we be discussing it at length if this is like, oh, and her mom's boyfriend turns out to be a demon? Yawn. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no this this episode is like it's definitely sticking out more in this watch through than yeah. beforehand. Um, Ted manages to uh, lock Buffy in her room and. I, does he knock her out? He has to have knocked her out. He knocks her out. I was like, there's I, no I way that door was I don't think hold. he locks the door, though. Uh, no, he does, because Buffy, like, punches through it oh, later. yeah, you're right. Which, I mean, I guess maybe she wouldn't have punched through the door if it was unlocked. But I, this is a girl pissed. who loves flipping everywhere, even though walking or running would be faster. She is pissed, too. Um, And we get this scene between Ted and Joyce, which is, in my opinion, I, I think it's the best scene in the episode. I think it's legitimately terrifying. Um, I am so scared for Joyce in this scene, uh, even if he wasn't a robot. Yeah. Like, everything about him is, and Joyce knows it, like, almost immediately she's like, this is not fucking right. Um, Christine Sutherland gives well, at first great she's face. at first she's happy that he's alive. Yeah. But that, as, like, Ted finally shows off his just overall insanity mm-hmm. um, and obsessiveness, like, Joyce gets it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what I think is interesting, it's not the parts where he glitches that's, like, where she... I mean, she's freaked out by it, but I think she's thinking, like, well, he has a concussion, like... There are some, uh, the, the, like, she does say, oh, I need to pack, um, when he talks about, like, oh, I've got, like, a house for us and everything, and, like, uh, that's just that abusive relationship mm-hmm. shining through, like, now you're making excuses, and, uh, you're, like, trying to justify everything that's happening, and you just need to not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know, like... And I should be careful when I say you need to not, because like it, like Joyce obviously feels helpless in this situation. Yeah, it's and scary. That's, 
Yeah, and that's like that's that's that way that goes in abusive relationships, mm-hmm. and it's not good. So he knocks Joyce out. Um, Buffy comes to escapes, and then just like beats him to death with a frying pan. Yep. Um, the cast iron, the uh, cast iron, uh, cast iron frying pan <laughs> or skillet, uh, or skillet, um, from before, which is a nice little, uh, little, little bit of a, yeah. Cause you iron. have to use a cast iron skillet. Yep. She took one piece of advice from him. Um, and I really love the prosthesis work they do for when, yeah. um, it, it just, it looks really good. It's really unnerving. Um, yeah, they, Joyce swears off men. She's, she's done with them. For Um, now. (laughs) She, they're going to rent a movie, uh, with no horror and no men in it. So Thelma and And Louise And no romance. And no romance. So Thelma and Louise it is. And that's not a good pick because Thelma and Louise has attempted rape and murder in it. So I have never seen Thelma and Louise. Well, that happens at the very, like very early on in the movie. So just a heads up. Um, yeah, the movie just, the, we get this exposition at the end that we've already said is where Ted came from. Um, Cordelia's just hanging out with them in this scene, which is, and I know that Cordelia has been more, like, forthright and, like, hanging out with them more often, but usually there's, like, a reason given, and I I don't know, maybe she was just, like, met up with them the next day and was just like, okay, you gotta tell me what the fuck was up with what we found last night. Yeah, because, like, (laughs) she never really interacted with Ted. No, she doesn't. Yeah, but, but she was, like... Deep into that mystery uh, yeah. when uh, when Xander and Willow wanted to go investigate yeah. him. She's her heart, her true heart is showing. Oh yeah. Um You're welcome. So uh, sorry, all seems that is to like be... <laughs> I apologize for that for anybody who gets that reference. Oh, I didn't get it. But don't tell me. I said you're welcome. Oh fuck. Yeah. I sorry, I was still on the heart thing. I was like Okay. Uh, well, fuck you. Um, <laughs> you guys will find out about that way later on. So, um, things seems the fucking hell. <laughs> things seem to have returned to normal. All the adults are acting the way they should, except Mr. Giles and Miss Calendar. Oh, just tonguing, just. <laughs> Tongan. Yeah, they've got a they got a side of tongue going on in there. the library, like right there where any student, okay, any of those four students <laughs> um, could have walked in to see it. But uh, where else would Giles be most aroused? Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, but you're right. Um, <laughs> that's what Daddy likes. Uh, oh, stop it. <laughs> We didn't even talk about the fact that he refers to himself as daddy. He does he does say like when when he's describing his miraculous return to Joyce, he does say, Don't worry, daddy's home. And I'm like, boy, uh, hey. Gross. <laughs> um So yeah, that uh that's that's the end of Ted. Um so I know we kind of talked about our, our overall thoughts kind of there at the beginning. Um, so I'm just, I'm 
I don't really have anything else to say over my overall thoughts. I think it's a fine episode. I think it it's touches a, it's on some such good a stuff. strange episode. Yeah. Um, it, it does deal with some themes that uh, don't really... Well, I say don't really come up, but actually become fairly important later mm-hmm. on in the season. <laughs> like, ugh. Um, I'm going to give this episode three dead wives in the closet out of five. Even though there were only four. <laughs> I'm going to give this episode two brainwashing cookies. Oh, wow. Two brainwashing cookies. And a partridge in <laughs> a pear tree. We're recording this, like, in December, so we're in the Christmas spirit. Yay! Um, sorry, I'm, just, I'm on the Buffy wiki, and there's a, uh, under goofs, bloopers, and continuity errors, there's... Uh, it says, there's no way Willow could have done a chemical analysis on the cookie Xander was eating just by looking at a few crumbs under a microscope. Which, yeah, that, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not the scientist, you are, but does that seem accurate to you? Oh, yeah, no, like, <laughs> you, you look under, you look under the microscope at crumbs, you're, you're just gonna see, like, bigger crumbs. <laughs> you need to do, like, a... definitely need to use some actual chemicals in there for your chemical yes. analysis. Um, yeah, I, do you have anything, anything else to, to discuss? Just again, like, uh, it's, I, I always remember this episode as the episode of John Ritter. Yeah. And, uh, John Ritter was such a great, such a great presence on TV. And, uh, it's crazy, like, uh, when he died, obviously his death was felt in Eight mm-hmm. Simple Rules. Um, that show never recovered. From, from it, it, it didn't um but i still remember watching that episode where like they find out that he died and mm-hmm. like that whole first scene just is heartbreaking yeah. um and I like was... even though he only appeared once in scrubs he only appears once in scrubs i'm fairly yeah. certain he only appears once in the first episode uh when it's like oh all your parents come to oh my god uh, it's not the first episode first season excuse me one episode in the first season yeah, really feel i i know i think you're right but like that's shocking to me because his character and was like, so like magnanimous and like yeah. And then magnetic. in season four, I believe it's around season four, mm-hmm. like uh, JD and his brother deal with the fallout of his dad dying. Yeah. And uh, God, that's actually one of my. That's actually one of my uh, like a big standout episode for me because like mm-hmm. one, it's like oh we communicate grief with cake, a- and so he like brings a cake and he's like what happened? And he's like dad died and, like. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, here's to John Ritter. John Ritter once again. My glass is empty. Mine too. We love you. <laughs> um. All right. So shall we? Shall we get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with <laughs> bad eggs. <laughs> oh, we're already excited. Uh, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at uh, yamij357. And I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. 
And you can also find us on YouTube. We will release a short video with each episode where we'll discuss spoilers that we can't talk about on the podcast. Also, don't forget, please, please, please subscribe uh, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. Uh, this week, with uh, with us talking about the themes of mm-hmm. uh, of like toxic relationships, abusive relationships, uh, we want to highlight the Center for Women and Families. The Center for Women and Families provides trauma informed advocacy and support for individuals, families, and communities affected by intimate partner violence and sexual assault. They mitigate the impact of trauma by building resiliency and reducing risk factors at all levels. They are guided by a strong grassroots feminist history and a commitment to social and economic justice. They co-create violence-free lives, families, and communities. Visit thecenteronline.org for more information. Yes. Um, and so, Jason, our, our normal, like, outro... Um, is to go slay and be gay. And at first I was like, well, Jason's not gay. But everyone can be gay in their heart, even if they're not gay in their penis. You know what I mean? That's beautiful. Thank you. So I think we're going to continue on with go slay and be gay, um, despite your limitations as a heterosexual. Um, it's... Uh, I disagree with it as a lifestyle, but I support your right to... to... I support your right to choose (laughs) to be a heterosexual. So, with that said, go slay and be gay. Bye.